This podcast is produced by Spin Market and Digital. Welcome to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. We coach people every day on their money and how to plan for the future. As financial advisors, we're here to have an honest conversation and educate you on investing, retirement, and everything in between. And we'll throw in some sports talk along the way. Our mission and goal of this podcast is to improve your money journey and help you create the financial life you deserve. So let's talk money. And sports. Welcome back to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I am Bailey Ashbrook, investment advisor representative at Central Financial Group. And it is the best time of the year. It, it is, is the, the best. Wonderful Other than the weather time. sucks. Yeah, the, the weather stinks. That's okay. But I'll be in Arizona the next week. sports watching right yeah. now is just unbelievable. And the Masters is coming up. Oh yep. my gosh. I love the Masters. I love yeah, basketball. Yeah. Cole Peterson, investment advisor representative of Central Financial Group as well. And uh, I'm going to pick uh, Alabama to win it. I all I know they're the number one overall seed, but man, their front line goes seven foot, six, ten, six, nine. The big dude. That's their front line. That's amazing. That's and then crazy. they bring a guy off the bench. I think he's six, ten. I wonder what their wingspans are. <laughs> the guy that's Jeez, seven foot, it's like not, seven, eight. Let's not do that again. <laughs> Cole Jasky, financial advisor. Uh, yeah, a lot going on, man. A lot going on in the world, sports. Uh, the weather sucks, but we'll hopefully trend in the good direction. Golf season be coming. We'll be in full swing. No uh, pun intended. Full swing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it's supposed to be 50 degrees tomorrow, uh, tomorrow mm-hmm. so that's pretty good. Um, Caleb Westall, uh, producer of How to Money with Colin Cole, digital designer at Spin Market, and one week from being a homeowner. So that's oh, exciting. Nice. Congrats. Yep. And your Panthers have the number one pick in the draft. Yes. I'm not sure if they overpaid for it, but we'll find out if the quarterback is worth it. You always so. you always pay up to move in the draft, but uh, sometimes it sometimes it works out. Sometimes you RG theory it. So yeah, it we'll see. Work. We'll see. How about the state of Iowa in the tournament right now? It's crazy. All cool. six teams it's really in. Really cool. Yeah. And the that, only one that stinks is my alma mater. You and I. Yeah. Drake's in both teams. I was in both teams. Iowa Drake State's had a both good teams. Season. They had a really good season. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I. I think Iowa women are going to be the ones to carry the banner. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hopefully I legit the think they could. I mean, South Carolina. Stinks, I know you guys they're don't on watch. the same side as South Carolina, yeah. right? So yeah. they'd meet, if, yeah. they, if they do well, meet in the final four is where they're in South Carolina's stout. Well, they got Boston, yeah. which it's crazy, though. Um, we have tickets. My sister has tickets to Friday and Sunday's game. So I'm going to go Sunday thinking awesome. they'll win. Cool. And I think Luke and Day are going to go Friday because Day's been asking to watch Caitlin Clark. He's like, she's the best. Yeah, no school. So you might, yeah. as well, might as well take advantage of that. Yeah. And oh, I was just awesome. talking about it's so cool how much they can make money right now. These these college players are making money during this tournament. You're you going to see a lot more of them sticking around in college, I yeah. think, because yes. they they don't make that especially much more. Especially women. Going, yeah, especially women. Sticking at the college level, but probably you know movement within the college ranks is, yes. is going to be. I think that's kind of the downfall with it is you're going to see, you know, especially like I, I think of football, you see a lot. There's a lot more money in football in the South. Like you're mm-hmm. going to see the better players continue to go and they already are traditionally in the South. So but keep them in the college game, which is good college football. You're going to see the sec continue to dominate more yeah. and more, but I think it's going to make college basketball better. You get completely competitive. Yeah. I think college basketball will be on a much more level scale. Yeah. I, and, and talking about that, I, I really like Iowa's draw in the tournament. Did you? I mean, have you guys really filled out a bracket? Yet? I, haven't. I haven't filled for one Iowa yet. men or women. Iowa men. Yep. Yeah, they play. They, they play Auburn. If they win. Yeah, they play Auburn in the first round. Which you know, okay, whatever. You know, it's it's like an even game in the spread, as far as the spread. It's kind of a toss up game. But their second round game is against Houston, who's I think is the weakest number one seed because Sasser's hurt. Yep. 
And I don't think he's going to be right regardless. He pulled his groin, you know, just three days ago. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're Man. number one player. So uh, Iowa got pretty lucky on. I mean, they could get into the Sweet Sixteen. Let's go Hawks all yeah. around. Yeah, all great, right. great time for the state of Iowa. I just, I just saw this. I, I didn't look at the. Imagine I didn't look at the notes before the show. But North Carolina, the first ever preseason number one ranked team to miss the the playoff. History, Caleb, or history the for all the wrong reasons. That's crazy. And then yeah, they, they were in the championship out. game last year. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that was why they were preseason number one. They were making the, the and they didn't lose anybody. They lost yeah. one starter. Right. Well, went, they were in the first four out. What happened? They just blew it. They couldn't beat good teams. They didn't have any bad losses, but they were one in ten in quad one. Oh, so wow. yeah. they just couldn't beat good teams. Yeah, they couldn't finish games. Yeah. Interesting. Was, they're stat still a good team. Ford stat of the day. If yeah. they were in the tournament right now, though, I would be like, they're probably going to do something special. Yep. Yeah. But, but they're not. So there'll be no. some bracket busters. It's always getting that twelve seed. Who you know? What's that twelve seed that's gonna? Yeah, know, Drake. Three games. Drake. I know. I know. The twelve could seed. be. This yeah. is what I always. This is you guys are gonna be funny. But this was my dream. I wanted to get married, and then I wanted to have my honeymoon be March Madness and oh like travel gosh. to different states <laughs> and watch games. But you know, but so romantic <laughs> you are, Bailey. <laughs> that is so fun. Anyways, different arenas. I think it'd be so yeah. cool. Anyways, right. why don't you tell the people what we're gonna actually talk about today? Silicon Valley Bank. Obviously, a lot of buzzwords, a lot going on around that. Cole J, what happened? Tell us what happened. Yeah, it's been a interesting week uh, in the financial banking, you know, economy sector here. But yeah, so earlier, uh, basically late last week, it started developing that there was this term you were hearing a run on the bank, right? And that was there was a lot of um, customers of Silicon Valley Bank and some other Midwest or or, or uh, regional banks, not your small banks, not your big banks, but the the medium-sized banks. And there was a large amount, they were starting to notice a large amount of cash outflows. And there was kind of talk on the street or in, in the banking sector that Silicon Valley Bank was having trouble. They were needing to raise money. And they originally were going to do like a stock offering and try to raise, basically sell some stock to raise some cash. And that basically fell through. And then kind of panic the panic button hit stuff and, hit the fan yep and a lot of money started out flowing uh basically and then then as of friday night they were pretty much what you considered insolvent or they couldn't meet customer withdrawal requests now, so they everyone had, started pulling out their yep, money they yeah. had the money uh, they had the assets right and that was the, that's the problem that's what i want i want everyone to understand this is you know it wasn't a, a fraudulent based thing it was a, it was a risk metric that they did you know, some executives or whoever was managing the risk did a really, really poor job. They had a lot of money tied into 10-year treasuries, basically, and interest rates have moved historically. Cole, what's a 10-year treasury? Yeah, so that's a government-backed debt. Basically, you're you're buying, you know, I could go and buy a 10-year treasury from the government for 10,000 bucks, call it. I'm giving the government 10,000 bucks. They're paying me, you know, a state, a coupon or an interest similar to a CD. You go to a bank, you know, same thing, except it's backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. Treasury. Uh, and this bank, Silicon Valley Bank and a couple others, they they put a lot of the money in the 10-year Treasury. Problem is, interest rates went through the roof in a very, very short period of time. So the value of those bonds or what they had in their portfolio went down when, when for simple math or simple concept, when interest rates go up, bond values go down if they're longer in duration. But if you hold them to 10 years, they come due at what's called par value and get your interest. So not like there was any money gone. It was right. just purely they were selling to raise the money and they were selling it at low values and really it came to the point they couldn't raise enough cash and the bank is really large. 
Right. And and I want to kind of go back to like how a bank operates a little bit because I, I think this is a common misconception in, in one of my favorite movies of all time, A Wonderful Life. If you've seen that, you, you see how it operates. It's that that uh, that analogy has been brought up quite a bit. Has it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that, that, a bank doesn't, yep. you know, if, if Caleb gives a bank $300,000, they don't just leave that $300,000 at the bank. And if Caleb walks in one day, you know, they go to Caleb's little drawer and pull it out and give it to him. I mean, that's just, not how a bank works. I just have to say it'd be nice if I could have $300,000 to walk into a bank with. You pull that, this that's right. called, that's called fractional fractional banking. So right. basically, and that's, you know, it, I looked up the, the rules uh, before the podcast of technically, now this is in kind of broad-based terms, but they banks have to basically have 10% of capital on hand or readily available for liquidity events, right? So if you have a your hundred million dollar bank, technically you only need to have ten million. Yeah, that's, the lo- the yeah. rest you can lend out yeah. or invest or that's so, how they make money. Yeah, so when they you, were when, buying treasuries right. with the, that other ninety percent, and they needed to raise the money. They lost a lot in value by raising that money, and that's when we got kind of a panic situation. Happened. Right. So when Cole talks about a run on the bank, it's kind of like when George Bailey, that the, all the people walk into his bank and they're like, "Well, we want our money." Well, I don't have it here. I don't, you know, it's not sitting here. It's in your home. It's in your, you know, the whole thing. And and people don't understand that with banks is that they can't just walk in and get all their money out. They can, unless there's a run on the bank where everyone wants their money out at the same time. So this happened back in 2008. They're saying this is the second largest implosion of the bank history. What does that mean for the clients? What's going to happen to their money? And what what changes did maybe they make to? Yeah, so there are quite a big differences between 08 and now, um, you know, First, now the FDIC, which is uh, the regulator that regulates the banks, Mm -hmm. all the banks pay a fee to be members of FDIC. They pretty much stepped in and said, we're going to guarantee withdrawals, deposits. Your funds are are set. Anyone that deposited money into Silicon Valley Bank or any of the other, I think there's there's like three, I don't know the other names, but they're all kind of in a similar similar issue. They pretty much said, hey, we're going to fully back. You have the, you know, uh, the regulators backing on these deposits because they didn't yeah. want more banks to, it, yeah. it would be like contagious for this to continue to happen. The, right? the panic, right? That's yeah. what they wanted to basically over the weekend. I'm sure there were some people that did not get any sleep in the government end or in the regular end this weekend saying, Hey, we cannot, we got to have a plan on Monday because if we don't, we are just going to let Silicon Valley bank fail. There was going to be a map. You there's a list out there of the companies that were really large, um, you know, depository base of Silicon Valley Bank, and I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of employees that would not have gotten paid, right. you know, if the, if this if only they only got the two hundred fifty thousand dollars of FDIC insurance. So, and there would have been a mass, probably a lot of people. I mean, many people, but just normal people, are like, hey, why would I have my money? That you know, I'm I'm shipping it elsewhere. You know, I'm putting it somewhere else. So they they wanted to control that, and I. I do think they made the right, right control call. the panic and yep. yeah. so t- so typically how FDIC insurance works is that the FDIC will only insure the first two hundred fifty thousand for and and there's different you know, like it's in, in each account per customer so if you have a joint account it's five hundred thousand but at the same time if uh, one of the companies was Etsy uh, you know if they had a million dollars there and, and the FDIC didn't step in and say we'll insure the full million. The FDIC only had to actually say, you know, we'll give you two hundred fifty thousand of that million, and that's it. But yeah. they're they're going to extend. They're it. going yep. to Just extend so it, clear. and they're going to fully insure all the deposits. So everyone that had a nickel there is going to be able to get their money out if they want to, or move it somewhere else, or whatever they want to do with it. But they didn't have to. And where does that money come from? Does it come from us taxpayer? You know what I'm saying? It comes from you, actually, <laughs> right out of Bailey's your, pocket, your wallet. I no, have that the. Much 
that that's an important fact of the difference between 08 and 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 now Today. 08 the, there was a program called TARP which is has you know as an acronym for something but it, it that was backed by basically the taxpayer dollars now big thing i want people to do now everyone you who's here we bailed out you know this bail out bail out. the us taxpayer actually made 15 billion dollars on the TARP program so that was one thing last where I wasn't a, a big, you know, opposed. I'm normally like, I want to keep government, you know, to, spending. Well, yeah, yeah. L- like low, let's, let's be, you know, good stewards of, of the taxpayer dollars. But I was fully on, I, I didn't want the panic to happen just from our client base. And then, you know, then all of a sudden it goes into the stock market, goes into business, everything there. But the FDIC is uh, there for $250,000. Each bank, you know, that's a member there pays a fee to the FDIC and then they have their own, basically it's its own business and they're the ones that are stepping in. So at the this money's point. coming from the yep. FDIC, not coming the 250. Yep, not coming from the taxpayer. That's basically kind, from the banking system. Kind of to sum up the, the whole situation, basically it was a poor, poorly managed bank. Yep. Um, they did, they made bad decisions as far as what to do with the money and they were exposed. And, and there's, the problem is it was a bank. And if it was any other company, no one would have ever heard about it yep. because the, the bank 16th, would, the, the 16th company largest would just, bank too in yeah, the U.S. The company would just went bankrupt and, and it would file chapter 11 bankruptcy and it would have yep. gone on its way. But since it was a bank, we as investor, we as people in, in, in America think that these banks are like so bulletproof that if one bank fails, oh no, is it going to keep going? Because we did see it in 2008 where it was a domino effect and it was really scary. But this one... Uh, I think most people can rest assured yep. your local bank, your, your place of that you bank with is, is safe. You're fine. And those ex- executives, they're gone. They're getting fired. Yeah. Cause they made bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, as they, as they should be. So explain FDIC insurance to me. I have one account. Let's say I have $500,000. I have it all in the bank in my name. So it's only covering 250. Are there ways around that? So I can have more coverage or explain how that kind of works for the, for the listener. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's multiple ways, you know, first and foremost, you can have, you know, just use a, you and Luke husband and wife. You can have Bailey single account, 250 Luke single account, 250 Bailey and Luke joint account, 500. There's a million dollars of insurance. Now you can't have you know, three single accounts all in Bailey's name at the same bank at the same bank that are all going to be insured. But you know, around that, like in our, our industry, um, we have insured bank deposits where they're insured up to 250 or 2.5 million. But what NFS or our broker dealer or our custodian broker dealer is doing, they're going and sending 250 out to different banks. They're doing it for us all with one, one account. Same thing. We're staying below those 250 limits you know, and that's the important thing of understanding, you know, and that's where I think back on this podcast, like what the, the overall concept of this is understanding what you have. And I think we always talk about that, the education, but knowing that, Hey, if you got a million dollars in one account, you know, you probably you got better, some yeah, you liability. Probably, yeah, you for sure. You've yeah. got some risk. There is risk there for sure. Which I is, talk to clients that like that all the time when they do have bank high bank deposits. I'm like, you realize that that's only insured up to $250,000. You should do something different as far as either moving into it, you know, some of that money into a joint account or move it into a single account or, or invest some of it, whatever you want to do. But if that, you know, not and, and banks don't fail very frequently and that's, that's why this is such big news. But when it does happen, you know, people freak out a little bit because that's their money. And it is crazy how many businesses had all their deposits at this bank. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Why, why were it they not spread payroll. out? It was a huge payroll bank for Silicon Valley. So all these startups, like they had a ton of payroll dollars. So that was where, that was the big risk of like, think of like the systemic risk of how far it trickled down into like, 
you know, employees. And all of a sudden, you know, the employees had bank accounts there and, and, you know, all the way down, they had businesses and that's where I couldn't get to. I mean, I, I'm really glad, you know, the FDIC stepped in just to, to calm the waters there. And, and it would have been all done. I and mean, we talked about Etsy, right? If you were a person selling something on Etsy and all of a sudden you didn't have your, your pay. money. Yeah. You didn't have, you know, you weren't able to get that's paid. An economic or, impact. Yeah, so that's yep, what I was going to go huge. next. This has a huge economic impact. And they were talking about the feds raising rates. And I got this stat Goldman Sachs, which previously projected a rate increase of 25 bips at the feds meeting next week now expects no rate increase. Why is that in the bank? Because of stress in the banking system, it would put on it. Yeah. They just don't, they just want to stress the system anymore. But, um, I, and I think th- they've done enough raises that they can miss one. So I think we're okay with that. But, um, I, I saw the Roku CEO. I remember who knows what Roku is. Uh, Roku CEO said, yeah, I mean, we just basically, we had all our money at that one bank. We just didn't really take the time to, to diversify out. And you know, that's my bad. And, and you might see some other CEOs get fired or CFOs get fired because of this. I mean, you can't have all your money. That's not insured, especially businesses. You've got to, you got to diversify. And, and we talk about diversification all the time, but this is one of those things where, just because your money's at a bank doesn't mean that it's diversified. I, I do think there's probably uh, some changes coming to the insurance amounts and things there. That's been 250 for I don't know for how long, right. but, but think of inflation and uh, since like probably like the as 70, long as I've been yeah. in the industry, I've been in the industry for 18 years and it's been at $250,000. So I, I would guess, and then and just even, think of inflation over 18 years. Think I mean, of inflation. It last should have year. doubled by now. Yeah, ten percent last year. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like, well, I mean, why haven't they raised that? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to no. me. Need someone like you on there and just making those yeah. decisions cool. <laughs> I do think we we want to tread lightly though, because that's I think we were talking about this off off air, but um, you know, if the FDIC starts charging the banks more for membership or or say they're gonna insure five hundred thousand for all individual that means they have to have more reserves. The FDIC does. So who does so what, that money come yeah, from? Yeah, it comes from the ultimately down to the customer, right? Because the banks, you know, uh, you know, thinking they're they're great people, but they're they're a for profit business. They're going to pass that on to the customer base. This podcast is produced by Spin Market and Digital. Located in Fort Dodge, Iowa, Spin Market's highly skilled team can help you increase your market by updating your website, improving SEO designing advertisements, and producing podcasts that will grab the attention of your market. Contact Spin Market today for all your digital marketing needs at digitalagent at spinmarketwith2ks.com or call us at 515-302-8026. And to learn more, visit our website at www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. That's digitalagent at spinmarket.com or 515 515- Three zero two eight zero two six, or visit our website www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. Welcome back to How to Money with Cole and Cole. A lot of heated conversation on the side about basketball, but we're back. Let's do a little dollars and cents. You're mad at me, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. fiduciary a fiduciary financial advisor makes investment decisions with your best interests in mind what does that mean colpy so it it means that you have to we have to keep the client's best interest in mind when we are making investment decisions for them that we can't do what's in our best interest and maybe put them in something that's higher commission or higher fees or anything like that so we have to uh 
you know, we have to keep the, the client in mind and we have to make sure that we are doing what's best for them. So you guys are fiduciaries. So, yes, we are. And it's a, a legal o- obligation, right? We're bound legally, you know, similar to any other profession that, that has the licenses, attorneys, doctors, CPA. Y- yep. CPAs. Yep. Okay. And we have, we have insurance to cover, um, you know, it's called errors and emissions insurance. So we have insurance to cover if somebody does think that we're not acting in their best interest. Um, and hopefully we don't get any of those complaints, but that, that people can file complaints and do and sue us for that. Cause we do have insurance for that. But, um, you know, thankfully that hasn't happened to any of us in this room, but it does happen. Um, you know, just like any industry industry, there's good financial advisors and there's not so good financial advisors. Just like there's good doctors, there's bad doctors, there's good dentists, there's bad dentists. You know, there are uh, different, you know, different types of, of uh, people in our profession. Um, but I would always look for somebody that is a fiduciary. We have been getting that a lot. And that's why we brought it up is a lot of people have been asking. I mean, me and Cole, I think have came across three new clients. Like, are you a fiduciary? And it's becoming more popular. And so I just wanted to, people to know that there are people out there you can work with that are not fiduciary. Yeah. You can, you can be a financial retirement planner and not be a fiduciary. You can't be an investment advisor representative and not be a fiduciary. So what qualifies you to be a fiduciary? What qualifies you? What makes you one? First and foremost, it's our, our registration. We're investment advisor representatives. Um, there's multiple you know, types of financial advisors, you know, uh, brokers, all kinds of stuff. So it is important to know you know, what the person you're working with, whether they're a fiduciary or not, investment advisor, financial advisor, financial planner, there's all kinds of terminology, but the best, best case to always do is just ask, ask your advisor. And, you know, you can always go and look up on broker check. Um, if you ever want to know it's, it's a FINRA RAN organ, which is our regulator. Uh, they have a website. You can go and type in Cole you know, Jasky. Yep. And see, you know, anything on there, see my licenses, where I'm licensed to do business at, you know, my broker dealers, all, all the stuff there. So, um, what if they can't spell Jasky? Yeah, it's, it's tough. You can search by like zip code. So, <laughs> yeah. so Just good luck. Fort Dodge, yeah, Iowa. I have to do yeah, That's a kind of running joke. You guys probably hear me on the phone. Like I'm like, J is in Jaguar. A, <laughs> a is an apple. E is an echo. As in every single time I say I'm spelling my email or something over the phone. Well, on my phone, when you call, it's like Cole Jasky. Yeah. We had Jeske. to change it on the voicemail. We had to like yeah. chat yeah. his name. It's a running joke. That's really good to know though, because it sounds not important, but it's important to know who like just who's taking care of your money. Do they have the right qualifications? Are they acting? your best interest so then you don't end up in a situation where five years from from now you're like oh why did they put all my money in that you know what i mean they they have to do what's best for you and there's a lot of i don't want to say influencers but there's a lot of people online which have some have great content i'm not saying that but they don't have any obligation to do what's best for you i think i think the the that is a huge thing like tiktok and stuff that are giving advice and it's it's kind of scary because it's general advice, but sometimes people take it very like real, like, oh, I need to do that, but they don't know your whole situation. And that's where it's important kind of going back of like working with an individual. Yeah, there's general advice, but there's also very specific needs and things that don't apply. You live in a certain state, your taxation's different, you know, versus what they might be. They're you know, blanket statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be careful of that stuff. And, and I love how readily available the education is. But it's still, you know, our business is a is an individualized business still, and you, I think each scenario is different. It's a little scary how how open the information is now on on our industry, and and, and it's good, but like you said, but but it also is bad. Like I, I had a client the other day come in and say, I read online that my whole account, this whole account, is taxable, and I'm like, where did you read? Like, what are you talking about? And they're, well, I read it online. Okay, well, 
you can also read a lot of stuff online that's not true. So uh, let, let's just talk about it. So mm-hmm. that's usually what we do is if you have a question, we'll sit down and talk about it instead of trying to read it online. So I'm a client. You will act in my best interest is what I'm gathering. Sometimes. No, yes. Of All course. the time. Yeah. Okay. So we, we're talking a lot about regulation and the bank. So let's talk about some regulations like annuities, brokerage, how much insurance, that kind of stuff. So Cole Pete, you put me in an annuity. I put how much in it, how much is covered, like the bank situation. Right. So, so it's, uh, you know, we, we've been talking all about banks, but what about your investments? You know, what, what happens with those? So, uh, so your investments, uh, an annuity is insured by the state of Iowa. If you're in Iowa or whatever state you're in, uh, their insurance, uh, division is insuring those up to $250,000 as well. So if you have a hundred thousand dollars in ABC company, um, annuity, and that ABC company were to go out of business, you would be fully insured up to that hundred thousand dollars. Now, if you have a million dollars in there, you're not insured up to the um, million dollars. So, um, you know, a lot of times we try to uh, make sure that that the max you have in an annuity at a company is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. All right, okay. so you got me covered on my annuities. What about my brokerage account, Cole? What it kind of insurance covers that? Yeah, so the the federal banking system has FDIC. In the securities industry or our industry, it's SIPC. Um, and that is our basically our insurance coverage with coverage up to five hundred thousand dollars of insured coverage. So if you're a broker, de- if you have you know five hundred thousand in a brokerage account, your broker dealer or wherever goes bankrupt or goes away, there's insurance amount up to five hundred thousand per individual. So a million, you know, if you have, uh, Bailey and I or Bailey and Luke have a joint account, it's a million dollar coverage. So very similar to the FDIC model. I will say one big difference though is, and I I was, you know, makes me more comfortable knowing, you know, especially right now with all the, you know, banking headlines and stuff going on is we do, broker dealers are required to have more reserves on, we talked about fractional banking where you kind of only have to have a portion on hand, you know, in the broker dealer industry, it's about 25% of all your assets versus the federal banking system, about 10%. Yeah, that's percent. A, so we have to have yep, quite a bit more reserves. Now, I'm not saying there's not risks there. There's risks in every broker dealer business model, whatever it might be. Um, but know that there are higher coverage limits and also a, a little bit more uh, or a little tighter regulations on, on the reserves. So we were talking about the bank that had $100 million. They only technically have to have $10 million that's on hand. If it was a hundred million dollar broker dealer or a uh, you know fidelity or whoever holds the money, they have to have twenty twenty five million yep. obviously. So just the difference is they got to have more cash on hand uh, available to them, maybe at the bank. Yeah, <laughs> and that's good to know, like because I'm sure people are panicking all over. Like, are my accounts okay? Are they going to be insured? I feel like the older generation really understands the coverages on insurance. They always ask how much is fit. How much? You know what I mean? Yep. Like. Or I feel like kind of maybe the younger generation isn't quite there with how much is covered because it was like a big CD thing. And the bank run thing really has, I'm banks fail every year. I mean, that's, you don't really hear about it, but I mean, there's a federal website. You can go and look at every bank failure, you know, each year all the way back as far as they have it, but it's not as, I guess, as common now, or you don't see it where I think a lot of the, you know, um, I'd say baby boomer generation and older, they have the stories of They've lived the, the 80s, you know, the the savings and loan crisis in the 80s and things there where, where they know someone that got paid FDIC insurance because the, the bank the bank went bankrupt or, or went away. So I think it's more relevant. Younger generation really hasn't gone through it. We're in kind of that digital banking area era where it's not cash. It's you can move money electronically, Bitcoin, all this, you know, it's a lot different. So I don't think it's been relevant, but I bet a lot of people have educated themselves 
in the last week on on FDIC insurance. All right, so you guys got me covered. You fiduciaries learned about the bank crisis. Kind of a lot of education today. There are a few things I want to bring up. March 15th, if you are a client of CFG, we have a market update, which I think will be great with everything going on. And, and with Mark Manos, that was on our podcast yes. for Clark yep. Capital. Yep. Clark Capital is going to be the host. If you have not listened to that episode, I would definitely go back because Mark is awesome. He's, he's on it. He's our favorite. I mean, a lot going on too. I'm excited because there's a lot going on for for uh, the, a couple of the guys that we're having on on that call to talk about. So yeah. I think yeah. it's gonna be really a lot of relevant. buying, a lot of buying opportunity right yep. now. So that is for clients only. That is an ad value add of being a client of CFG, and we're we're just doing more of that stuff. So if you want more information, reach out to Alexa at our office. You can call or email, and she'll send you a link. But I definitely think you should know about that. And then we actually have margaritas and money May fourth. That's for yeah. open to the public at the Starlight. Enjoy. Dodge. Yep. Enjoy, thank you. Six o'clock. We'll have information out to the public on that, but you can enjoy a margarita and that's going to be just general investing education because it's another value add. We just want to educate people on stuff like have some margaritas. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be more just fun, but we're going to have a speaker that we'll yes. talk about investing. You'll be able to ask questions and everything like that, but uh, it'll be more fun music. We'll do some trivia surprises and uh, yeah, Col it'll be a good night. Colpe really wants a GJ so he can break it down. Oh, I already, <laughs> I already contacted one. I knew you would. So Caleb, Come on, learn more about investing. So I do want to mention those two things, but yeah, it's been great. Make sure you guys follow them on um, social media, Cole CFG, Cole CFG, Bailey CFG on Facebook. Follow their general office page. Um, if you have questions, visit their website, contact them directly. And really quick before we end this episode, uh, don't need a reason why. Just give me who's going to win the NCAA men's tournament. Cole J. Purdue. Alabama. Alabama. I'm going to go Duke. I do like that pick. Number five seed. Huh? I'm going to go with the dark horse who's not the one seed this year. And with that, I think that ends this episode of How to Money with Colin Gold. All right. You have to have an enthusiasm for life. You have to have a dream, a goal, and you have to be willing to work for it. The one and great only, Jimmy V. Love go it. Cubs. You've been listening to How to Money with Colin Cole, the podcast of the Central Financial Group, courtesy of Spin Market. To learn more, visit their website at www.centralfinancialgroup.com and follow them on all their social media platforms. For now, I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. And we'll see you on the greens. Four! Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated. Material discussed is meant for general informational purposes only and it is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification does not insure against loss. Any guarantees discussed refer only to fixed insurance products and are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company.